0: This is a Radio.com original. I was just eighteen years old, and I had my Camaro still. And I walked in. I had my sweatpants with no elastic on the bottom of the sweatpants, and, <laughs> and I'm standing in there, and you know, and and uh, some man comes up and says, "Can I help you?" And I says, uh, "Yeah, um, what kind of gas mileage is, does the Corniche get?" He says, uh, "Son." If you have to worry about the gas, you can't afford the car. You know? (laughs) I go, I'm not going to say that again.
1: (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the Talking About Cars podcast. I am Randy Cardoon, a guy who has been... Working out. Oh, there's a... I don't think that's muscle. I think that's like last week's beef stick. Anyway, uh, that's uh, been working out a little bit, just trying to get ready for this big podcast we're having. That's Hot Rod Bob back. Hello, Hot Rod Bob back. Hello there, Hot Rod Bob. No, I'm Hot Rod Bob. You're You're Randy. Yeah, man. You know, the reason we're kind of being fit today, we just happen to have with us a guy who knows something about health and hoping cool cars yes the one the only body by jake himself it's the real jake not the
2: wimpy insurance guy
1: yeah not jake from state farm no that's something completely different no this is jake steinfeld who happens to be the um uncle of Haley steinfeld the actress i noticed that yeah did you notice that that's kind of yeah it doesn't look anything like him luckily well, for luckily for her, yeah. yeah, I mean, and and that's no diss on him. I'm sure no. he's a nice looking guy, but nice guy. We're going to talk a little bit with him about what he's been up to, and uh, not only cars, no. uh, because like we say, everybody has a car story. And just because you aren't known for cars doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have a car story or three. That's right. So we'll be talking to him about that. Also, um, getting the project out of the way. Uh, Bob? Yes. You know normally how people talk about things beforehand just to make sure you know that they know what's coming up. We never do. We never talk about things like that. The stuff we talk about off air you wouldn't want to hear about. Really? Well okay our wives wouldn't want to hear about it. Our wives would not want them to hear about (laughs) it. (laughs) But what we talk about here is uh, uh, projects and what's the big project going to be for you this year on your car
2: well we're getting a new car it's a brazilian oh handmade yeah what's the latest car? on
1: that What's the latest? The, la- on
2: the engine's in it's running they're checking the electrical right now and then after christmas hopefully between christmas and new year's it'll be uh, loaded on a truck
1: and shipped here from detroit look forward to that That'll yeah it's kind of gonna kind of be fun, fun. Yeah. yeah my big thing is going to be uh my 64 polaro i want to get the rebuilt radio in mm-hmm. but of course as luck would have it somebody took a, a a cutter to the dash and it's now rectangular where they stuck a stereo right but we're going to try and you know try and do it where I don't have to pull the whole dash out no no we there's don't a, do yeah there's a fashion the, the, it, we hopefully will be able to keep it concealed so we'll we see we will do that we will see so right now we're going to go to our our guest Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him. You've seen him all over TV. The dude started a professional lacrosse league, which we'll talk about as well. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. put your hands together for
0: Jake Steinfeld, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first of all, boys, great to be here. Randy, like I said before we jump, man, I'm a big fan. You know, it's, uh, I, I got to hear, this is Randy k KNX 1070, you know, come on. I, I got to hear that piece of business before I can get going. Oh. uh,
1: (laughs) Andy Cardoon, KNX 1070 News Radio. There you go.
0: I love it. That's it. Hot Rod Bob 2. What's up, buddy? By the way, you're a former uh, honorary mayor of Pacific Palisades. I sure was. As a matter of fact, I was just on the phone before I jumped on with you with another former mayor, uh, (laughs) my my good friend, uh, Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, and and Kevin Nealon. You know the the former mayors. We have to stay together. Billy <laughs> Crystal, myself. You, you know it's a. And when we travel, we have to be very careful because if we're all together, and we can't be all together at the same time, because no. as you know, security risks, especially okay. here in the Palisades.
1: I completely yeah, yeah, get yeah. that. I completely get that.
0: <laughs> Who is the current mayor now? Who is the current mayor the now? The current mayor is Eugene Levy uh oh he is the current mayor and uh a a great a great guy i mean my gosh tv show uh schitt's creek was incredible and uh (laughs) he's such he's such a sweet guy too but anyway back to the car story so let me tell you this guys um i learned to drive uh my my dad um had this uh, well first of all i was born in brooklyn new york i was raised in baldwin strong island uh, and you know when uh, my my dad had a cadillac had a coupe de ville and it was a burnt orange coupe de ville with white leather interior fellas wow so you know we were a jewish family not pimps i just i just just want to say that to you right and <laughs> And, and uh, I, I learned to drive in that car. And as a matter of fact, my dad, when I was a, a senior in high school, uh, let me use that car as my car. And, and he would always tell me, he said, look, if you're going to drive the car, you got to pick your, you need to take your brothers to school. I had two twin. my brothers are twins, and they were two years younger than me. And who wants to hang around with your little brothers? You know, when, <laughs> when you were a senior in high school, I wanted to pick the girls up, but more importantly, I was able to charge everybody either 50 cents or a dollar for a ride from my house to the (laughs) high school because to fill up a caddy back in the day, even though gas was, oh my gosh, a whole lot less expensive than it is today. I was able to make a couple of bucks. So that's where my entrepreneurial uh, business started to really happen. But my grandma, true, true story guys, actually taught me to drive. She had a Malibu classic and she lived in Brooklyn and she took me into the city one day, to New York City, and she got out of the car, like on Madison Avenue, in Midtown, and she said, and I'm 15 years old, and this was the same woman who, God rest her soul, she was the, my biggest fan of my life, guys, I, I could tell you that a little later, but she. I was just telling my kids, I have four great kids, we're all home together here, as you can imagine, as we all are here in California, um, and I was telling my kids that, Uh, My grandma took me to see the play Hair uh, in New York City. I must have been nine years old. We sat in the front row, and and everybody comes under as one part of the play, the musical, where everybody goes under this white bed sheet, and then everybody comes out, and they're naked.
3: I was just going to
0: say. (laughs) And uh, Randy, I'm telling you, man. I I was like, you know, one of those cartoon eyes. I I, I could still visualize the moment. Let's just put it that way. So you understand the woman I'm talking about, and she says, my grandma was the greatest, okay, drive. And I'm in the middle of midtown Manhattan, and she is teaching me how to drive. And I learned how to drive a car in her Blue Malibu Classic Driving in between cab drivers and everything that's why today everybody thinks doesn't like to drive no one likes to drive with me in the car because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm very um passionate about where I am and and I like that part of the road so you know the Malibu classic, the caddy, but the one that really is the thing that sticks in my mind guys is um I came out to l a uh, summer nineteen seventy seven mm-hmm. um I was 18 years old. Uh, I left college. Uh, I was upstate New York. You guys know Cornell University. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I went to Cortland down the street. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Not that you there's know.
1: anything wrong with that.
0: Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Cortland State. It's mm-hmm. Just that nobody knows Cortland, so I always bring up Cornell first because everybody gets the. It's a little bit of a, I would say geography lesson, if you will, fellas. I know we're talking okay. cause. I like to. I like to encompass all kinds of great things here when I have conversations.
1: Well, so far we're talking cars. The, you got puberty five years ahead of most of us, and we also we also got also the other things going on in geography.
0: All right, well, and we'll talk about a lot of different things. Keep going on there. Well, so uh, my my dad uh, gave me enough money when I left upstate New York. I had this dream to come to L.A. to become Mister America. That was my goal, fellas. Um, Left college, a girlfriend, friends, my parents, uh, and made the trek here to L.A. And uh, my dad gave me enough money to lease a car, and I didn't understand leasing, so I ended up buying a 1977 white Camaro, uh, and there you black go. interior, and I and the license plate, which you know in New York they didn't have vanity plates, mm-hmm. and at the at the dealership, I'm trying to remember where, I got it in the valley somewhere, fellas. And uh, and the guy said, you know, you can put whatever you want on a license plate. So I always like to keep a very low profile. So I put Jake 77 on the license plate. Gotta keep a very low profile. Okay. Okay. And, 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 that, and that was my first car in LA, guys. And it was, uh, man, I loved it, I, I loved it. And uh, soon after I came out here, um, I, I had an opportunity to, uh, to audition and I ended up getting the role as Lou Ferrigno's double, uh, the TV show, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know this or not. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I did so well. They actually, the show was so popular that they ended up putting it the Hulk as part of an attraction at the studio tour. So this is a true story. I don't, I don't, I tell my stories. It's crazy. I lived an incredible life, boys, but this is I'm loving this. Go ahead. I I drove my Camaro every single day. I love it. Here I am in LA, man. You know, it's, it's the best. I mean, I'm in heaven. I put four brand new tires on this car, right? The big, nice, thick wheels. I was pumped up boys. You know, I was. I wore that, you know, extra large uh, T-shirt from Baby Gap that so it really looked <laughs> look very huge all the time. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, had my arm out, you know, had my arm out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, put four brand new tires on the car, and I used to park. If you guys, I'm sure you remember. I, I don't know if you're how long you fellas have been in Los Angeles. Native,
1: native. Oh, native. okay, okay. I came from your neck of the
2: woods.
0: Yeah. All right. So. Okay, from New York. So, so, but you know, Rand, that the studio tour was such a lovely, what a, what a quaint place. When you go to the today, it's a, I mean, it's it's a city up
3: yeah, there, right?
0: But I was part of the the makeup show. There was the animal show. There was the stunt show, right? And there's, it was beautiful. And we, as the entertainers, right, would park up up on top, right Mm of the uh, right, right by the studio where the entrance was. Right. And I had a spot for myself and when the day was over now, remember I'm in green paint 14 hours a day. (laughs) So by the time everybody left, I'm still in the shower, taking off the, the grease paint on my face, the water-based paint on my body was easy. And, uh, I would come out there's usually nobody there. And this one evening I walk out, it's the middle of summer. And there's nobody there and I'm standing in my parking spot. Uh oh. My car was gone. I got oh, my, my wow. car was stolen. And it was one of the I it was the first, you know, I don't know if you guys ever experienced someone taking something as a kid from you or, a, you know, I don't know. Let let but have you ever gotten a car stolen? No. Uh, it, it it was okay, you have well Bob, you're from New York too, so but you don't have in LA. <laughs> I mean, but here I am, I'm in LA at the studio tour. I'm thinking, wait a second. I know I parked my car here. And it was a, it was an interesting moment, but I will tell you boys from that moment, a lot of people say, Oh, Jake, you got to move up. You got to get a BMW. You need to get a BMW. So right at, um, right on Lancashire, there was, uh, uh, a BMW dealership mm-hmm. and I, I, I was not making a lot of money boys. I was just doing, I was doing just fine. I had a department uh, at, at the, uh, um, Oh, what was the name of that place guys? You know, where, where people who moved around all over the country would come, It's right by Universal Studios, the Oakwood Apartments. Oh, right, right, right. I'm telling these stories. Guys, you can tell. I'm giving you some new stories. Usually, I've been doing a lot of podcasts and, you know, promoting things. This is fun. This is, like, challenging myself here. Uh So, uh, I went to the BMW dealership. The guy convinced me that I needed to get a stick shift, right? Now, I had never, my dad never taught me. (laughs) how to use a stick, right? Yikes. So he convinced me. Look, the easiest guy to sell is a guy who sells. Yeah. So, you know, he's telling, oh, man, boy, you're very muscular. You need a, <laughs> you need a stick shit, right? <laughs> so he gets me into this 320i, right? Yeah. Uh, metallic gray, black interior, spoked up wheels, man. But here's the thing, fellas. You know when you buy a new car and, yeah. like, you just – you smell the interior and you just, you, you can't go to sleep at night because you can't wait to get up in the morning to get in your car. I was petrified to drive that car <laughs> because I didn't know how to do it. So you got to understand, he gives me a lesson. I'm, I, I can't believe I'm telling you the story. I I'm on sunset Boulevard. I'm, I'm on Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay. Randy, you you know where I'm going. I'm, what I'm going. What could possibly go wrong, Jake? I make a right turn to go <laughs> up on Doheny to take Doheny to Sunset. There's a red light. Now, people know if you're going up Santa Monica Doheny, it's a it's an upward, it's a nice yes. little yes, mm-hmm. right? a hill, yep. a nice incline going up. Now, for most humans, who cares? But for a dude who doesn't know how to drive a stick. I'm sweating like a farm animal. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I get stopped. There's a and, and I'm and I'm counting the cars. I'm seeing them going, "Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Red light. I'm oh. the fourth car. So I literally I put the car in neutral, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting there, you know, a little bit a little bit on the pedal, little 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 bit on the clutch. I'm just trying and I'm rolling back a little bit, and, and I've, guys, I am seriously sweating like Albert Brooks in Broadcast News. Right? I'm dripping wet. The light goes green. I put my foot on the gas. Hat, my foot comes off the clutch. I stall. I stop the car. The windshield wipers go on. Right. I turn the radio off. The windshield wipers are on. Two lights, fellas. Two uh-huh. lights. I missed. People are beeping, you know, LA, they're beeping. I finally get out of my car and I go, somebody help me. True story. (laughs) And this nice woman gets out of her car. She goes, are you okay? I said, I don't know how to drive a stick. She goes, what are you doing in this one? I go, please, could you just pull it over to the side? No, don't. Could you pull it on top and pull it off on the other side?
1: (laughs) Yeah. True story. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, how many people out there have had that problem, you know? And when you before you knew what a handbrake was and all that other situation—that's crazy. crazy. Do you? Did you ever buy
2: another manual transmission car after that?
0: Yeah, uh, I've got a a uh, nineteen ninety eight five hundred and fifty Marinello Ferrari. Oh, that uh, that I still—it's in my garage. Uh, and and when you know, look, I I, I love cars. I have a son. My son Zachary who uh is wild about cars and he can listen to an engine from two blocks away go dad that's a bump bup, bump a bup, bup that's a Lamborghini that's a, mm-hmm. and I and he is masterful at it he draw he draws engines and 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 designs what new cars could look like he's a, an amazing young guy but wow. um, uh, Bob honestly um, uh, which is another. I'm, I'm always about stories, but uh, I love fast cars. I don't drive them fast. You, you know, I um, I got to be very friendly. Another fun story for you. Um, I I had a television network called Fit TV. I don't know if you guys remember it or not. Yep. That it was the first linear fitness television network. Uh, launched it in 1993 and sold to Rupert Murdoch in 1998. Uh, but during during that time. Um, my partners were people like the folks at time Warner, uh, Cablevision, and the family channel. So Tim Robertson, who uh, ran the family channel, I did a sitcom on the family channel from 1990 to 95 called big brother Jake. And I when that. I launched, yeah. yeah. So when I launched fit TV, Tim and I got to be very good friends. Tim is a big car guy and Randy, a lot of the cable guys were very big car guys, guys like Mm -hmm. Leo Hendry. And uh, they all, they used to go to road Atlanta. They would send their Porsches there and they'd take the road course. So as a business idea, I thought I need more subscribers, more eyeballs. You guys understand ratings and everything. Mm -hmm. So I was just growing my fitness network and I said, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. So Tim Robertson loves racing cars too. I had just met this guy, John Luigi Brutoni, who was the president and CEO of North America Ferrari, right? Okay. I was doing a short-lived magazine called Body by Jake for a company called Hachette Philip at the, the publisher uh, was very good friends with John Luigi, and his wife was a model. And he said, Jake, could she come in, you know, be nice if she was in your... magazine. of course, I'll put her in the magazine. So I got an opportunity to meet John Luigi. I find out from Tim Robertson that, Hey, wait a second, uh, Jake, we have this plan to go to road Atlanta. We're inviting all the cable operators and just for everybody knows this is before streaming. This is before this is, I mean, you're talking direct TV just came on to the world and cable was it right. right? So TCI time Warner cable vision. I mean, at, you know, Adelphia, uh, Comcast was like the number nine family. Just, just so you guys know, all right. So I have this idea, which I pitched to my friend Tim Roberts, and I said, I'm going to call my buddy John Luigi, and I'm going to see if he can send like nine three fifty-five challenge cars to Road Atlanta, so everybody can try the car. I've got a good feeling. These are rich guys. They love cars. John Luigi's there with cars, the guys get excited, he sells some cars, I get subscribers, everybody wins. Tim goes, I think it's a great idea, call your buddy. Now, I had only met John Luigi a couple of times. So I call him up and I say, I have this great idea. Are you familiar with Leo Hendry? And I give him all the CEOs of the cable companies. And Mm -hmm. most humans don't know the CEOs of cable companies. And he's going, you know, Jakey in e this great Italian accent. By the way, John Luigi Butoni, look him up. He is at a central casting. If someone said, "What do you think the CEO of Ferrari looks like?" It's John Luigi. He's got these, you know that thin, big head of black hair with that Ferrari racing suit on, man. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man, it's too perfect. It's too perfect. But that was him, and he was an awesome guy. I call him up. He doesn't know any of these names. Now, he's not like a buddy, like we go back a long way. I said, listen, I got a great feeling that if you bring these cars, these guys will buy these cars. He says, I don't know. Long story short, we left the conversation with a maybe. So we're at Road Atlanta. Um, I, by the way, I put on a little exercise routine for the 12- heads of these families right now we did we had a dinner the night before and i told the guys guys 6 a.m tomorrow morning we're doing a little workout i hired a couple of models just so you know and uh what was kind of fun about this conversation boys was you know um at about 5 30 in the morning the models show up and i said look these are very important guys very important just do a little stretch give them a little you know make them feel good we're going right from here to road atlanta <laughs> And you have to understand, so Tim Robertson is the family channel. That's Pat Robertson, right? Who's, who's a, a terrific friend that's been so nice to me. But these are not guys who normally would go out at night. Let me just leave it at that, okay? So as we're wrapping up the little the little intro that I'm trying to tell these two girls who these guys are, the one girl says, look, for an extra $200, I could do this topless. <laughs> And I said, don't ever say that again. <laughs> yeah. just <don't>, do not <laughs> say that again. Wrong, wrong people. Wrong, wrong show. <laughs> this is the wrong network for that, right? So that, just want to say, that's how my morning started off. Oh, man. <laughs> the, all the guys come in. They're excited. I mean, really terrific guys. And we have a fun 30-minute little stretch, a little workout. Now it's time to get in the van. It's misty. It's, it's a misty morning. It's a Saturday morning, guys. The guys all – now, a couple of guys had their cars driven in, flat bedded in, you know, the big boys, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we pull into Road Atlanta. Now, I don't know if John Luigi is going to show up. I'm just telling you this. I have no idea. I didn't even tell Tim because I didn't want to get him excited and then be upset and be sad. So we we come in. I don't know if you've ever been to Road Atlanta, Rand, no, Bob. I, I don't know if you guys have been there. Okay, I have. Yeah. Oh, it's fun, man! It's yeah. super fun. So you come in, you drive around, and and remember, it's kind of misty. It's a little bit rainy, and all of a sudden, breaking through the mist, you see this red, beautiful flat. You, you know where they where they where they crate the cars in, mm. right? With the Ferrari logo on the side. Oh wow! And and there is this tent, right? Two, I, I'm not making it. Two espresso machines, and out of the mist comes John Luigi Butoni, the red Ferrari suit man, and everyone's going, "What's going? On? What's what is this? What's happening? What's going on?" And Tim is looking at me, and I just go like this: It's showtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys got out. We had a great afternoon driving these 355 Challenge cars, fellas. Incredible! So I get this great feeling, right? Like everyone's. And by the way, they sold all nine cars. Wow! Sold all mine cars.
1: You're now John. You're now John's best friend. You realize that? Yeah. Oh, well, listen.
0: It's let me <laughs> let me just say this it's John Luigi. So it's that, it's Jean so, Luigi. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so that's what I think, Rand. I think he and I are best friends. So I call, he calls me, you know, the next couple of days, Jakey, magnificent, Magnifico. And I said, John Luigi, listen, man. I said, that's what I told you. I don't mess around with this kind of stuff. You know, if I say I'm going to do something, I try to make it happen. He said, anything I can do for you. And I said, look, you know, man, that 550 Marinello's is getting ready to come out. I, I think I deserve one. He goes, Jakey, you got one like that. You nice. got it. Okay. Nice. Now I don't tell my wife anything. I don't say anything. I figured, <laughs> let's see what happens. So cut to it's, you know, and by the way, at that time, you guys can look this up. It was the most popular Ferrari, right? Mm-hmm. It was the newest one coming. Um, it was two years on, you know, back. Right. So you literally had a, Sign up for the car. It's a two-year waiting list for the car. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call from Beverly Hills Ferrari. Giacomo was his name. Great guy too. He says, uh, "Jake, your Ferrari has arrived." And I go, "This is this is absolutely incredible, man." Could I have the address? I give him my address. He says, uh, "How do you want to settle up?" And I go, "Settle up for what?" <laughs> Well, how, how are you going to pay for the car? I go, what are you talking about, paying for the car? I said, John <laughs> Luigi's getting me the car. He says, yes, he did. He got you the car. You didn't have to wait for two years. You waited three months. Uh, I, go, oh. I, go, I go, how much is the car? <laughs> he said, uh, it's
1: $250,000. Hey, I ain't corrupt. He said,
0: uh, is there a lease program on this thing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: And all it's I'll tell you, distro, fellas, yeah.
0: yeah, I said, uh, "Well, 250, huh?" I said, uh, "Don't tell my wife." <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> wow!
0: And, and they brought it here, and it's been great. And uh, I, I think I literally have—I got the Tubi exhaust on a man, and uh, it's a—it's—it's uh, it's a beast. And hey, look, Randy, you know this. Bob, you know this. In L.A uh six speed man uh v twelve uh, you go from zero to two thousand in a second, but <laughs> on sunset boulevard i you gotta keep the car in the first gear because yep. you can't go from anywhere to anywhere yeah and uh yeah. and the second you start to light it up, man, I mean I literally i can turn the corner from my house and I set car alarms off wherever <laughs> I go. <laughs> And that's fun, though. That that's
1: and, yeah. a lot of fun when you do that. All right, now it's you learn to really drive. In, you learn to drive in
2: New York. Do you verbalize like New Yorkers do when people in front or alongside you don't drive the way you expect?
0: Bob, I have I have mastered being able to curse with a smile. <laughs> when i'm driving my car and people with me and i and by the way my wife gets mad at me that's my release you know yeah. look we all we listen we're having a good time you have to be safe today it's not like the old days you, you know where you could curse somebody or yell at somebody mm. uh, today i mean it's it's a little dangerous but i will tell you i have mastered saying <laughs> with a smile <laughs> <laughs> I'm an, uh, an expert
1: at the at the craft. Oh, if you like will. this. I have got to have my wife listen to this because
2: this is what I, I do. The same thing, and she doesn't understand. It's I tell it's a New York thing. It a, is. It's ingrained in us. You have to. It's the horn and the mouth. They go at the same time.
0: But you know what's funny? I don't use you know here. I don't use the horn as oh, much as I use my mouth. But the mouth, I keep the windows up. Oh, yeah. Worst yeah. worst case scenario, people pull up and they go, hey. Hey, body by Jay, And I go, ah, oh, man,
3: you, you, you know, when you learn.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's really a cool car story. So I'm, I'm curious aside from the Ferrari, what else do you have in your uh, garage?
0: Uh, we got Range Rovers. Uh, I got the Porsche Cayenne for my wife. I got this new Jeep, man. we got, we jacked up this, uh, 2019 Jeep. And wait, what am I, I'm missing the whole thing. Fellas, 2005, I got the second smart car that came into Southern California. You have a smart car. Listen, I got a, I got the smart, forget the smart. I got a smart car with flames on the side <laughs> of the car. <laughs> and i got red wheels and it's hysteric one of the first guys that, that I, I was at the beverly hills dealership Beverly Hills mercedes in beverly hills right um i used to i used to love mercs man i i was a big uh when when i got my first the, the, look the thing that changed my life guys i'll get to the smart car in a second the thing that changed my life was um you know i was the first guy to do personal fitness training and and made it an occupation and um, a great little story there. Uh, you know, doing doing the Hulk. Uh, I had moved from from one apartment to another apartment in Studio City, California, and which is right by the studios. And it was it, it turned out to be an apartment complex where um, a lot of actors and actresses live. Mostly non-working actors and actresses. Um, got to meet a lot of people, and this one day I'm sitting at my at, at the pool, which which is this. Understand every good muscle head does. You know, you go to the gym in the morning, you catch rays during the day, and I and and I bounced in a bar at night, and uh, and this actress had come over, and uh, I had known her a little bit, and she said, "You know, I see you out here all the time," and and I said, "Yeah, I see you walking around." She says, "Listen." um i've got a a club med commercial that i've got to get in shape for i've got six weeks to get in shape and and i'm kind of wondering if you can help me because you know i mean you're i like you but i don't want to look like you and you know and i said no no i get no just understand the timing fellas 1979 top of 1980 right so this is when you know jane fonda had just come on the scene with the high impact aerobic classes and as a bodybuilder you know women were very intimidated by using weights they thought they were going to get big muscles so she introduced herself to me again and said could you come to my boyfriend's house uh, my boyfriend is staying at his partner's house uh for a little bit could you come over there and do the workout and i said yeah, sure no, no no problem and uh, she says how much is it going to cost and i said well just give me gas money for my 1977 white Camaro with Jake 77 on the license plate, you know? <laughs> and um, so I came up with this workout, a 30 minute workout using a broomstick, a towel, two cans of Mama's tomato paste and a chair. True story, right? 30 minute workout, listen, I love going to the gym, but I was never a guy to go in the gym and and, and like to hang around, get the workout in, get out. And she seemed like a person who, who had an A type personality just wanted to, she just wanted to get in shape. Okay, she looked pretty damn good to begin with fellas. Uh, you know, I think it was more about, she had to wear a bikini in front of a lot of people. She just wanted to, to feel a little more, where more confidence. And uh, I came up with this workout, gave me the address of Beverly Hills. Now, if you weren't on the cover of Musclehead Digest, I didn't know who you were. And uh, I go to this house in Beverly Hills and ring the doorbell and guy answers the door. Turns out to be Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, wow! And I just okay. looked and I just said, "Wow, uh, this guy might be able to use a workout too," you know. <laughs> and okay. I started going to train this this girl. It wasn't her his girlfriend? Uh, and she got in a pretty good shape. They started going to parties, and people started saying, "What are you doing?" This guy Jake comes to my house. He's got a broomstick, a towel, and a chair. You know, he's pretty funny, he eats too much because they had a great fridge and I, (laughs) that's it. They had a great fridge and and I had no dough. So, you know, I was able to (laughs) you know eat a lot of food there. And if you remember guys, right? There was no internet, there were no cell phones, right? It's not like, you know, when you moved somewhere, you had to list your phone number in the phone book. And Mm -hmm. I got to LA, I never listed my number which turned out to be the best thing I never did. Because people started saying, Boy, you look great. You know, what are you doing Well, this guy, Jake? That's a great idea. What's his phone number? Well, Randy, I think, you know, if you're good in this town and people want to get a hold of you and they can't, they seem to want you more. And it became this mystique of who is this guy? You got to get him. Now, I'm living in Studio City. I had this, if you remember back in the day, the late 70s, early 80s, the little answering machines, right? Right. You had the little beeper. You would... Hit the hit the beeper on the phone, and, and mm-hmm. the tape recorder would play mm-hmm. back, and you'd hear your messages. Mm-hmm. That's it, Boop. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting phone calls from Steven Spielberg, Priscilla Presley, Harrison Ford, Warren Beatty, Barbara Streisand, uh, Cher. I mean, you name it, uh, people are calling. And I learned the greatest lesson of my life with these great folks is that they're no different than you and me. The only difference is they had a dream and they never quit on their dream and never took no for an answer. And that gave me all the incentive in the world to say to myself, you know, I might never direct ET2, but I'm gonna have my own success in life. And what changed everything, boys, was I was driving my Camaro and then I had my BMW, my, my little 320, I which I did learn to navigate. But I, wa- I used to park outside the house and then ring the gate. And my dream was I wanted a 450 SL. That's what I I wanted, a black on black, you know, 450 SL coupe with with, with top comes down, you know, man, that's what I wanted. That and a black Corniche convertible. The black Corniche convertible, I went to uh, in the Valley before that. I used to love to stare at that car. And it was Terry York Rolls Royce, That's if right, you remember Ventura, it, man. On Ventura Boulevard, yeah, On Ventura yeah. Boulevard. And the mistake I made, I was, I was just 18 years old, and I had my Camaro still, and I walked in. I had my sweatpants with no elastic <laughs> on the bottom of the sweatpants. And, and I'm standing in there, and, you know, and, and a, some man comes up and says, can I help you? And I says, uh, yeah. Um, what kind of gas mileage does the Corniche get? He says, uh, son. If you have to worry about the gas, you can't afford the car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> and, and so all I wanted now here, I wanted is 450 SL. And I had saved up a few thousand dollars and I had an opportunity to get a condo or buy this car. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. bought the car. Smart. And man. let me tell you this, boys, it changed. It changed everything about who I was body by jake because all of a sudden now i pulled up to priscilla presley's house right i rang the buzzer and the gates opened so i was no longer with all due respect right to landscape folks guys who clean the pools interior design whatever it was now come on in right it's that perception becomes a reality Mm -hmm. and wow, this guy's driving a brand new 450 SL. He sure as hell ain't a gym teacher. Mm-hmm. And it really changed everything for me. And I was able to sit at the same, not that I couldn't before, but that car was, oh my gosh, I was a big Mercedes guy for a long, long time. And then uh, then I just wasn't. And then I became, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I got into Range Rovers, which I've always loved. But the smart car in 2005, um, I was getting uh, a Mercedes tuned up and I was walking around and at the time, if you, you know, early on, they were selling the smart cars on the other side of the Mercedes dealership. I go, come on, this is not safe. And I go, no, it's built like an, it's built like an, you know, uh, 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 a shell and the whole thing. And I got in it, I said, all right, I got to get one of these. <laughs> and I was the second guy to get the car in Southern California. And the same day, John Sally, I don't know if you know who John Sally is, right? right the basketball Laker. player. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. John is 6'11". Correct. John and I, um, I was doing an event, the Beverly, the Beverly Hilton Hotel. It was, it was a charity thing. And John was doing the same event. And I said, buddy, I'm going to come get you. And let's, I'm going to take, we're, we're taking the smart car. And we pulled up in this smart car. By the way, we both fit. I mean, at the time, I weighed I weighed I, I, I I'm 225 now, but I was about 240. And John is, you know, John's a monster, you know? Mm. And, we, and we come out of that car, people lost their mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Ringling brothers. Well, yeah, yeah, Barbara Belly. I just I since Will yeah. Chamberlain
1: got out of a Volkswagen, did that happen? Yep. Yeah. That's it. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it, man. That's it. That's classic. That is classic. Okay, so if you, all these great cars that you had at one time, if you had a chance to get one of them back, a car you no longer have, but you'd like to get it back, which one would it be?
0: The one that got stolen, the 77 Camaro. Camaro. I I think that would be something my sons would go nuts for. I mean, that was such a, you know, man, that was such a a simply elegant car, boys. You, you, You know, just the lines on that car were great. It was cool. And it didn't. Tr- you weren't trying to be cool. It was just. It was a. Because I'm not a cool guy. You, you know what I mean. It was like. It, it's. It's a. It was a cool car, man. And mm. and I mean, I'm 62 now. I was 18 when I had it. I would like, say I still feel very, very cool in that car today.
1: Well, now it is. It's a collector car now.
0: It could well, be. out yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> it could be out there somewhere. You still Someone's have. The got it, baby. It. Someone's got it, baby. Someone's got. I don't it's a Registrate. Come on. Uh, registration.
1: <laughs> you never know. Maybe in
0: some papers, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Who knows? Great. Who knows? Hey, so let me ask you guys a question. How are things going for you guys, man? Life good?
2: Well, well yeah, everything's great. As you can see, we're in the studio. Of course, we're in two different locations, but it's the same it studio, only
0: difference. It looks good, it looks good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it looks great, fellas. No, yeah, we, I think it looks we, very cool.
2: There's still car events that we can go to, there are uh, weekend cruises. And uh, things that go on with uh, restrictions, of course, but uh, it's it's a lot less. We used to do a lot of car shows, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we've not been able to do that. That's but true. We're still, you know, we talking to the people. It, uh, Internet's become a way of conversing and doing shows. Internet or by by uh, internet uh, shows that we've been part of. Uh, but
1: That's great. We, we make How do with it? what we got. How has the pandemic affected you and what you're doing?
0: I got to tell you, Randy, I've been very blessed. I mean, first and foremost, um, my wife and I, Tracy, we, we've been together. We had our 32nd anniversary in December. Oh, congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Uh, thank you, boys. Uh, we have four great kids. My daughter, Morgan, is 28. She was in Scotland. My oldest son, Nick, is in New York City. My middle guy, Zach, who I talk about, is the University of Michigan. And my youngest guy, Luke, is down the 10 freeway at USC. He could be in China because we don't ever see him, you know? <laughs> uh, but with this pandemic, everybody has come home. So oh, this has been a this good. has been a blessing. and you know, I have to say uh, uh, there are a lot of people out there struggling, and what's been very helpful too is it given me another opportunity. You know, we launched just so you guys know, um, you know, I've, I've been very big in fitness and uh, very blessed in the industry. Uh, And it's important to give back. I've been the chair of the National Foundation for Governor's Fitness Councils for nine years prior to that. I was chair of the Fitness Council here in California when Arnold was governor. Um, He's a dear friend and uh, named me chair, which was pretty cool. And uh, today what I do is I put fitness centers in elementary and middle schools around this great country of ours. And uh, it's been really fun to do. And each year I call Governor's Cold. And I've got three brand-new $100,000 Don't Quit Fitness Centers to gift to your state. And uh, we just finished doing it this past October. Like you guys go to car shows. I love going to schools. And we do Mm -hmm. a big event with the governor. And this year, we created a virtual ribbon-cutting tour show, like everyone has been doing. Uh, The fitness equipment is real, but uh, we did it with the governors. And um, we did Alabama, Indiana, Oklahoma, and Kentucky. Uh, was really dynamite and you know listen if people are struggling around the country and with mental health with uh, wanting to feel good about themselves and, and exercise and nutrition is such an important thing and uh, on the exercise front when the pandemic hit I told you the story early on I was the guy that was the first guy to do personal fitness training with a, a broomstick towel and a chair so you know, Ted Turner gave me my start on cable news network in 1981. Randy, I don't know if you know that one. Mm. Uh, and I remember I did, watching you on TV. I don't remember exactly where, but
1: yeah, yeah. okay,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing these 60-second vignettes uh, with with model. Well, I was training Hugh Hefner and uh, the Playboy Mansion, and I'm not did, surprised. Well, it was it this for for a lot more stories, but I did these 60-second vignettes with. With, with different playmates, right, uh, on the beach in Malibu in the back of Spielberg's house on Broad Beach. And uh, they were called Fitness Break by Jake. And uh, they ran four times a day here in the States and four times an hour everywhere else in the world. And Ted was the guy that really put me on the map. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting phone calls from CNN and Fox News and ESPN when the pandemic hit when all the gyms closed and said Jake could you do these exercises again that you did back in the day so obviously instead of the playmates I had my sons which was which was even more fun and um, you know also when you talk about fitness and well-being you know look health and hope and family are revolve around everything that I do nutrition is obviously a big part and I've never been a big vitamin taker. I love protein shakes. I've done that my whole since I'm a little kid. I was an overweight kid with a bad stutter. Uh, My dad bought me a set of weights when I was 13 years old, and that changed my life. But uh, I've been a big protein shake guy, and I never found the best one that tasted right. The stuff that was really supposed to be good for you tasted like crap, and... I said, I think I can do this better. So the last couple of years, we've been working with some great folks at Cure Dr. Pepper and a partner of mine named Danny Stepper, a company out here called LA Libations guys, you know, Steve jobs, right? You've heard of him Mm -hmm. and what they, what he did in Silicon Valley. This young guy does the same thing as a beverage incubator right here in El Segundo, California. We met and we looked at an opportunity and, uh, uh, I said I wanted to create the first clean-label nutrition shake that, you know, no, no soy, corn, wheat, artificial flavors of sweetness, uh, gluten-free, kosher. Oh, by the way, it's got to taste delicious. 26 vitamins and minerals, right? And the brand is called Don't Quit. Um, I trademarked those words in 1981. Uh, I, I was given a poem in eighth grade when I was cut from my eighth-grade basketball team. Uh, I wasn't much of a student, I sure as heck wasn't a poet. And I don't know why I kept it, I remembered it, but the last two lines of the poem are, stick to the fight when your are hardest hit, it's when things seem worst that you must not quit. And I've used Don't Quit as a sign off of, of every show I did. It's affordable, it's at Walmart, Ralph's, wherever, at okay. don'tquit.com. We have a max version too, which is 30 grams of protein and one gram of sugar uh in chocolate and vanilla and it's been it's been great randy i have to tell you it's uh, uh look you can it's it's how you deal with situations and how you deal and 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 if you have people around you that support you and you support them you can get through any kind of challenge and mm-hmm. uh life's about moments and you know this is one of those moments that we're all living in and a year from now or two years from now you're going to tell stories of what it was like during the pandemic of 2020 and we talk right. a lot with our kids like that mm-hmm. and they they look we're we're con- guys we're we're on the back nine you know this next generation this is that they're coming up now don't look at me like that randy don't look <laughs> at me like that wait what what do you mean randy can do this is KNX 1070 randy yeah. Can do. yeah i said i'm talking to randy man this is this is absolutely the i mean This is the best.
1: Oh, you're you're being so kind. You're being so kind. Okay, I got to throw this at you. Uh, Everybody has a list of the top cars you want one day. One day when you get tired of the Ferrari, or you want to trade it in, or you want something else. Give me the top three cars on the Jake Steinfeld uh, list of
0: top cars I want someday. Well, you know, I, I I've been very. I, I, there's not a want really. I, I I will tell you the one I'm going to get. Uh, I'm signed <laughs> up to get that new. I, I'm signed up to want to get the one of the new Broncos. I'm ah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that, and I'm toying with the idea of that SUV Lamborghini. Oh. Uh, mm. Which you know is pretty ballsy, and and I've been a Range Rover guy for guys ever since the movie the player came out you know (laughs) and i have you know hot rod hot rod bob you know that man right yeah yeah ever since that i i think it was 90 what was that what what year was that boys but it was at 93 4 uh 94 5 you know but i I bought i got i got the rover i think that the same year that movie came out and and had them ever since and i mean been great i mean they are fabulous fabulous cars but i saw that lamborghini suv and i go not a chance and i said i sat in that thing and i go oh there's a chance <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah comfort that's that's one thing uh-huh. those those high performance suvs have it's you know it looks a little different but then you sit down and it's just comfort. too comfortable
0: comfort it, it really is you know what, though? I've got to tell you, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're all the same, and everyone who listens is the same. But I used to be a guy that, I mean, I would, before I went out, I had my car had to be tip-top, man. I mean, I I used to armor all, worst thing in the world, for the, uh, with the wheels and all the stuff, the interior. And I would, I mean, I'd have a diaper with me, a cloth diaper, and just wipe the car down and, man, massage it and everything else and I mean as I got older man I I I I love cars I've always loved them um I'm more excited about now because my sons love them you you, you know so that's what really keeps my passion up boys Mm -hmm. but uh for me I mean like I I like to see, I like when my kids get their eyes wide open and they go, Wow. And I go, you know what, man, one day you're gonna buy your dad one of those. So that's what I'm waiting <laughs> for. <laughs> there you
1: Absolutely. Go, yeah. Okay, I gotta ask this and the connection, I'm not totally sure how this came about, but the major league lacrosse league, how did
0: that happen?
1: Because at one right. time I understand you were actually thinking about getting something involved in the NBA.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, well when I sold Fit T V, Randy. Uh, nineteen ninety eight and you know this man, because you're an l a guy and you're a sports guy and i'm glad this is I always wanted to do k and X with you with about this moment <laughs> uh, if you remember in nineteen ninety eight everybody in l a were buying minor league baseball teams That's right. and I was not a you know yeah, I love baseball, but I, I was not passionate about that and there was nobody for me all the guys I knew were all Hollywood guys, and there was nobody for me to uh, have have someone mentor me. Um, about going about buying an MB eighteen, And that's my first, I mean, that's my first love. And uh, I told you about the short-lived magazine that I did called Body by Jake. Um, I was six weeks away from my first issue coming out and I had no advertisers, zero. And I'm a big believer as an entrepreneur, I read everything. Uh, I read it back in the day, advertising age, ad week whatever New York Times, LA Times, Wall Street Journal. And I'd circle names. If I knew them, yes. If I didn't know them, I called dialing for dollars. And I was going through advertising age one day and I saw this guy's name. And I go, wait a second. I know this guy. He used to be at Reebok. He was a chief marketing officer at Reebok. My first endorsement deal, uh, Paul Feynman, the CEO, great man, uh, was the main guy at Reebok, signed my first deal in 1981. And this, this, young guy was really kind of cool and he had just got the job to be the cmo at ford in detroit and i said oh wow this is this is great news now i'm with the publisher hatchet shed right so the publisher was doing a magazine called george with john kennedy jr right mm-hmm. and a magazine called swing for ralph Lorenz's son david Okay, just those are two, and mine, and uh, uh, but a number of others. I call this guy, Dave, who used to be at Reebok, and I get him on the phone. He's not the CMO at Ford. I go, Dave, congratulations. He goes, Jake, great to hear from you. I said, buddy, I've got this brand new magazine. I've got my first issue coming in six weeks. I need five pages of advertising. He goes, Jake, I just got hired here a week ago. I said, that's why I didn't ask you for 10 pages come on come on come on i like this guy i like the way he, he thinks. goes he goes i i can't do it give me a month i go a month i'm out of business and he's telling me he can't do it i go how about this how about i deliver john kennedy he goes what did you say i see yeah how about i deliver john kennedy He goes, "Wait a minute, you're gonna bring john kennedy jr to detroit i said is that what i just said he said i'll tell you what if you bring John Kennedy to Detroit, I'll find money for your page. I said, as a matter of fact, I'll even throw in Ralph Lauren's kid. He goes, all right, yeah, okay, you can bring him too, but I, I want to be John Kennedy. Now, by the way, I hung up the phone. I had never met John yet, right? So I called the publisher and I'd say, David, I told him a story. I said, could you introduce me to John? He says, come to New York and we'll spend a couple of days and then we'll all take the challenger over to Detroit. And uh, we can make our pitches. I go, he goes, are you confident we'll get paid? I go, I guarantee we'll get pages. I go to New York, hang out with John, who's a, I mean, was an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, I met David Loren, who now runs Ralph Lauren, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all go to New York. We do our rapidoo as I say, we all get our pages. On the plane ride home, they go home, back to New York, their way, I fly dirty back to L.A., you know, and uh, I'm on the plane. I open up Swing Magazine. It was a custom pub job that Ralph had done for his son about a hipster magazine, what kids were doing in their 20s. And I open up this page and there's a guy holding a lacrosse stick. Now I played guys in school, in high school. I got into Cortland State to play lacrosse. I was not that good at it. and uh, And it's 1997. I remember I got to L.A. in 77. I hadn't seen lacrosse in 20 years. And I'm reading this story about this young guy from Detroit who was a hockey player. A teacher got him excited about lacrosse. He ended up going to Princeton, won a national title. But what intrigued me was, this guy started a company in his dorm room at Princeton called Warrior. And I said, this guy sounds like a young Phil Knight. He's making lacrosse a lifestyle. I said, let me call david lauren and find out what writer wrote the piece i want to get the kid's phone number which is what i've always done i get his phone number i call this guy dave morrow and he doesn't know he can't believe wait you're body by jake from tell i mean it was really kind of fun and i said i got one question for you is there such a thing as pro out all across? and he says no i says well there is now and randy bob true story uh 1999 uh, it, it, it was summer night, May 98. Uh, I fly Dave out, we consummate a deal and we launched Major League Lacrosse. And uh, wow. it, it, it's been, I gotta say Randy, you know, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours and what you do with sports. And, you know, um, I've been very fortunate uh, to meet a lot of the people that I've met in sports because of starting this pro outdoor lacrosse league. And guys like the late great Art Modell, uh, Pat Boland became a dear friend, um, my friend, Steve Bornstein, who ran ESPN for many years as my business partner now. And, uh, and he launched the NFL network called Tagliaboo. And I mean, met so many great, great people to mentor me. Uh, because there is no book on how do you start a professional sports league? Absolutely. I just knew how do you legitimize yourself? And what I did up front, I said, ESPN is a sports legitimizer. Bud Light is a sports legitimizer, and Gatorade is a sports legitimizer. And I got two of the three up front. I got ESPN, and my my dear friend today now is a great guy named Tony Pontoro, who who was the head of sports marketing at Anheuser-Busch back in the day. Uh, and they were my first partners and sponsors. And Paul Fireman at Reebok uh, stood up for me when I rang the closing bell on Wall Street, uh, August 11th, uh, 2001. Uh, literally a month before 9-11. Yeah. And mm. our league, just just so you guys know, because yeah, th- there's been a merger with the league that I created and, you know, another upstart, which is God bless all good. Um, in 2001, as I talk like you guys about during this conversation about life is about moments, um, we were, we, I wanted to own Labor Day. For our championship. But no other sports league looked at Labor Day. And I learned why. Because everyone wants to be with their family on Labor Day. <laughs> a sporting event. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, you have to try things. So as we finished, we were a six team league, no different than the original six of the NHL, Randy. You know that. Mm-hmm. And, and Bob. And uh, we were out of money. We were out of money. And we had a meeting planned September 11th, 2001 to talk about recapitalizing Mm -hmm. the league. We were a single entity Mm -hmm. ownership structure, which means for all the car fans out there and sports fans, right, the league owns the teams, and the team's own a piece of the league. So everybody's in this together, Mm -hmm. right? And Alan Rothenberg, Mm -hmm. if you remember that name, Randy, who was the guy that really started, but also started Major League Soccer, Mm -hmm. right? Gave me the single entity ownership structure At a restaurant in Brentwood called Toscana, which is my cafeteria. Uh, Can't wait to get back there, by the way. And um, that's how I learned about Single Entity. And here we were, end of the first season, out of money. We get on the phone, and we have a conference call, and everybody says we're out, except our team in Boston. And I said to my friend, Dave Morrow, and my friend Tim Robertson, I told you about with Fit TV, I brought him in. I said, guys, I can't. I can't not, I can't not continue here. I got you guys in. So we ended up funding, we, you know, we, we, we took on most of the equity, which became lopsided. And that moment I said, if we don't do this now, there won't be professional outdoor lacrosse in our lifetimes. Now, for the world, the sport is still this tiny, right? But for a passionate few that are growing, it's important. And it's been a great, it's been awesome. I, I, I really appreciate you bringing it up. And and on the same note, though, Rand, um, I have a movie that just came out on Netflix, uh, which is called The Grizzlies. Um, I bought the life rights to a story uh, going into the third season of Major League Lacrosse on ESPN, you know, back in the day before the 30 for 30s were on. Those Tom Rinaldi voiceover. You should do some voiceover, Randy, for ESPN. Which you probably do, but uh, not yet. But yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, you definitely should. Thank you. And uh, I'm brushing my teeth, 11:30 at night, 2003, and uh, one of those vignettes come on. And I used to grab my kids. <laughs> Don't tell me you're tired. Look at this guy. He's got one arm, and he's running, he runs, and you know all these incredible stories of overcoming adversity. And Frozen Tundra, Tom Rinaldi's voiceover, right? And you hear this Inuit teenage boy saying, uh, my uncle committed suicide, my brother committed suicide. And if it wasn't for the sport of lacrosse, I would be dead too. I'm like, I'm brushing, what'd this guy just say? Cuts to this Inuit teenage boy explaining the story about this out-of-work teacher in Toronto, who had just broken up with his girlfriend had seen a story about this town called Kuglituk whereas it's as north as north can go, guys, where the suicide rate was the highest in North America. And this teacher goes up there, introduces lacrosse to this community. He's there for three years. The team he puts together had never won a game. But in three years, there hadn't been a suicide. And I'm crying. I'm like it's it's too late to call George Bodenheimer at ESPN. So I wait till the next morning. I call Georgie, I say, I just saw this piece last night. Who's the who produced this thing? I gotta get to this guy, Russ Shepard, who's the teacher. I did, I bought his life rights. It took me 17 years to make the movie. And uh, we 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 made it two years ago. We won the Palm Springs Film Festival, the Calgary Film Festival. This terrific woman who I brought in as a producer, I convinced her to direct. She won the Director's Guild of Canada Award for Best Direction last year. And Frank Marshall, who was a dear friend of mine, who produces all Spielberg's movies, is my partner in the film. And it's called The Grizzlies. It's on Netflix right now. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story, Randy. Well,
1: certainly something I think everybody should check out. That sounds pretty awesome. And and on all this stuff that that Jake's been telling us about, he also wrote a book according to this, I've seen a lot of famous people (laughs) naked and they've got nothing on you. True? (laughs) True, 100%. We, we don't have time to talk about that now, but... Next time. Jake, so happy you joined us here today. Thanks for your stories about cars and so much else that's going on in your life. Continue success, my friend. And thank you for listening to us on the radio station. Don't forget, remember to listen, like, and share. Most important, subscribe to our audio podcast on radio.com, or video podcast on the Two Tired Guys Productions YouTube page when you subscribe you will be notified when a new show goes up. So that certainly helps all of us. And don't forget to follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Become a Talking About Cars, Two Tired Guys patron on patreon.com and get exclusive interview clips and much more. Until next time, I'm Randy. That's Bob. That is the great Jake. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. uh, Having fun talking about cars and more. We'll see you next time, everybody. Happy New Year.